Hi, I'm Reg Harbeck, and today I'm here with Milt Rosberg, who's Global VP at Vanguard Integrity Professionals, and John Connors, who is CEO at Vanguard Integrity Professionals. Uh, and uh, so, um, John, maybe let's start with, if you could tell us, how did you end up in the world of mainframe and security? Well, it's kind of interesting. My background started in the military back in 1977, and I was a cryptographer there. I worked in crypto maintenance and spent 25 years in the military going around the world doing various security things with that because I handle computers, communication, uh, crypto, uh, satellites, all kinds of comm stuff. And after I retired from the military, I be ended up being a consultant. And I met Mr. Bailey, who was the founder of the uh, Vanguard, in about 2001, latter part of 2001. And I was a CTO over at another company. And he asked me to join his team because he wanted to move Vanguard from just being mainframes to being mainframes and open systems and moving into another realm. So back about 20-something years ago, about 21 years ago, it was, you know, my charge to not only learn the open systems, which I have a really good background in, in crypto and communications and stuff like that, but to pick up the mainframe. I had done mid-range mid before that, but not mainframes. And so from there, you know, I learned many, many different things and started out as a consultant for Mr. Bailey and then worked my way through almost every technical position in the company until where I am today, which is the CEO of the company. Well, uh, you, you mentioned doing just about every job in the company. I, I feel like this is going to be a, a common theme throughout this discussion here is, is the idea that everybody at Vanguard sort of does everything just from our previous discussion. But that said, let me uh, move over to Milt uh, Rosberg. And uh, Milt, tell us uh, about how you ended up at uh, Vanguard and on the mainframe and, and maybe a little bit about how you learned to do every different job in the company. Uh, it's a long history with Vanguard, pretty much like John. Uh, prior to Vanguard, I worked for a company that was based out of Delft. And uh, they were brought to the United States myself and a couple of the people who helped bring the product to the United States and eventually got purchased by uh, IBM. So that was my original history in the security sector in the ZOS market space. Uh, I met Mr. Bailey in 2001 and came on board with him uh, pretty much in the same role that I have today and uh, continued my relationship with him up until uh, up until March. Yeah, March when he passed when he away. Passed away. <laughs> so, uh, in the, I would say five years ago, I came to work full time for Ron. I left him in like 2003 or four, and I started my own practice. And I serviced a lot of the big companies in the United States who were interested in security and two international. And uh, anywhere from uh, data loss protection to uh, scanning for bad code to remediation to pen testing to products uh, to sim connectivity and those were my clients that I serviced and then about four years ago five years ago now Ron came to me and asked me if I would not and Vanguard was still my client uh, if I would come to work for Vanguard full-time and close my practice down and I did and that's when Ron actually uh, semi-retired and when he it was in May of 2017, yeah, yeah it, and that's when he really built his uh, founding management team, which is still in place today, running the company. So it's a long history of technology and being involved with major corporations that all have the same issue. 
uh, how to improve operational efficiency, improve their security, meet their audit requirements, and how they can do that and afford it and uh, take care of their clients. So we're here to service them. So it's a, it's a rich history of helping customers solve problems. You basically uh, first connected with uh, uh, Vanguard and with Ron Bailey around the turn of the millennium. Uh, interestingly, of course, Vanguard had been around for an, about another 14, 15 years previous to that. Um, maybe if, if uh, I'll start with John, if you can kind of give us a, a sense of how did Vanguard come into being back around, I guess, 1986, and, and uh, what was their journey forward? Sure. So like you said, it started in 86. So Ron was in the Air Force prior to that in Vietnam and whatnot, and he had learned his skill set being a computer operator. Okay. So the computer operations center that he did there, he saw a need. So when he got out of the military, he founded Vanguard, literally at his mother's dining room table. That was kind of an interesting story, too, to hear both of them talk about it. But what he saw was a need for tool sets that did not exist in the ZOF. Well, back then it was called OS 390, or actually System 36 to System 37s back then. But the IBM platform, there was a security hole there from IBM had just brought in the security platform onto this thing, and it was maturing over time, but it didn't have the tool set necessary for people to do it. It was very complex, and you really needed to understand computers at a, you know, more like a computer science level to understand them. The average person had to learn a significant amount of information before they could actually manage that database. So he, he started the company thinking, well, I can consult in that. And he was a very good consultant. He had a consulting business starting in 96, but about, or excuse me, 86. But he knew that understanding that there was a missing tool set there. So he started out to bring out the first tool set for this platform called Vanguard Administrator. And that administrator is still our flagship product, to be honest with you. And over the time, what that's done is grown this company to many different products and solutions. But it really was founded in the idea of taking the knowledge of the consultants and automating that security into the security platform to make it easy for day-to-day -day operations. And that's really the, the way this whole entire company is. Our presence in this industry is to make the day-to-day -day operations for any person who's operating this platform easier and easier. So all of our tool sets go around that concept. Here was a consultant that took the knowledge that he had and the knowledge that has grown throughout the industry for 30 years plus and every time we learn these things, we put them into our tools so that the people that are operating these systems don't have to have that detailed knowledge. They can use, you know, very simple languages or queries or tool sets to make it good for them to do their job easily. And that's what we're, you know, our whole history from 86 till now is about that premise. How do we take knowledge, put it into a product to make your job easier? That's it. Well, it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, obviously you have to start with something. And, and uh, my impression is that Vanguard started with basically making RACF better, but you have branched out to really be a much broader player in the mainframe security space, including even, uh, uh, I guess, recently acquiring EKC and also really deepening your, your offerings concerning ACF2 and RACF. Uh, sorry, ACF2 mm -hmm. and top secret. <laughs> um, top maybe secret. you can do some insights into that journey. Sure. If, as you think about it, it's still the same premise, right? We really wanted to look at security holistic. So we, you're right. We started with RACF. As a matter of fact, the founder of RACF, uh, Eldon Worley, still works for this company. We looked at that as a security model that dominated the thing. But there are three security models, as you said, right? 
there's top secret, there's ACF2, and there's RACF. They cover pretty much the, the dominance of the market for the IBM platform. And there's a little market outside of that, but m- most of those, and we looked at those over time. We started heavily in RACF. We were known as the RACF gurus. The professional services team, my managed services team, my penetration guys, they were the guys that people would go to in the industry to ask the security questions, how do you harden this platform? But that branches out into many things. Not only do you harden it, how do you audit it? How do you make it compliant with different regulations that have come over time? We've got we've evolved into how do you secure it using multi-factor? So we built the first multi-factor platform on ZOS. We brought that to market. When the government and the NIST decided in about 2009 that the mainframe platform was no longer considered a legacy system and it had to come up to speed with regulatory bodies and they produced a regulatory compliance measurement, we built a tool that automated that that measure, you know, that compliance regulatory body. And we brought that to the market. All of these are customer driven things that the customers came to us as the experts in this platform. And they said, hey, here's a problem. And our job has always been fix the problem for a customer. When they came and said, the NIST said, hey, there's a compliance market, we got to meet it. It was hundreds and hundreds of hours to do that. We automated that so that they could do it every week. When they said, hey, the world is getting multi-factor. We've got to be able to do that. There's nothing on the market. Vanguard stepped up and brought that to the market. We're market-driven based on what is the problem that somebody on a ZOS platform has. They tell us what the problem is. They'll tell the experts in the room, which is my uh, services team, here's our problem. And then we're going to go off and build a tool that makes that easier for them. Now, uh, that is sort of uh, really interesting because it, it seemed like in many ways, and you've really been taking the journey along with uh, IBM and CA, now Broadcom, in, in creating the future in the context of mainframe security. One of the areas that you also are clearly participants is the share um, user environment, user uh, community. Uh, obviously, um, you know, uh, Barry Schrager, who has uh, had some dealings with you folks as well, you know, was one of the co-founders of the share uh, security uh, project back in 1972, but you folks are really heavily involved in that project uh, now as well. Uh, I'm wondering if you have any thoughts about the, the role that Vanguard has played in, in moving forward both the shared security project and just the the, the space of, of uh, mainframe security uh, understanding and community. Well, I think I think you got a good story there because, like you said, Ron was involved in many many different uh, users groups: the RACAP users groups, the RUBS, the shares that are around. You know, uh, the RAC F1, uh, Ron actually found it in California and then spread across the country. And those type of user groups were share, like you said, Barry Schrager was there. Barry used to work for us also now. And um, so all of these communities that grew up, the one thing that we have for a founding principle is that we want to give back to that community. Not only are they giving us business opportunities because they give us an opportunity to grow and they give us an opportunity to build new tools, but we participate in share in the rugs and in the various you know meetings that are around the country so that we can understand those problems. We could not be a leadership role in that if we didn't participate. And if we don't listen to those communities, you know, what, what's our purpose? So our purpose is really to respond to those communities. Our, we participated, we've spoken almost every share I think there is. Okay, either Brian, myself, Mill, Rocks, the executive team has probably spoke. Brian and I have both been, you know, um, we've received awards, at, you know, speaking to those because we enjoy that. Participating with people that know what their job is and telling us what their problems are and resolving those problems, you're not going to know them unless you go to users groups. You don't go to shares. You don't go to those type of things. 
we even have our own. <laughs> John, it's interesting. Uh, when Ron founded the company, one of the legs of the stool was product professional services and Vanguard Security Conference. Right. And the Vanguard Security Conference was the very beginning of Vanguard. And when he built the Vanguard Security Conference, he made it a security event, not an event to talk about tools. And so on Vanguard, still to this day, uh, we have a four or five day event. The first three or four days are all dedicated to helping the industry. We bring in well-known speakers from IBM, Broadcom, KRI, international speakers, audit, auditors from Masaka. We bring leaders of the industry, Rob Clyde, who's with Asaka. He spoke several times. He sits on a board of directors for Asaka. And what we try to do is bring that knowledge into one place. So we're transmitting the knowledge of what is needed in the industry for security, audit and compliance in one place so we can grow that knowledge base. And it's not a platform to sell product. It's a platform to exchange knowledge. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you mentioned SHARE. SHARE started out really as a uh, system programmers conference and then grew in and added a security conference as part of one of one of its tenants that are in that in that conference over time. Vanguard started as a security conference and has maintained it as a security conference yeah. for to this, 30, day. to this day for 36 years, every year. Now, one of the things that, that uh, contributes to that whole community role that you folks have is uh, sort of hinted at this at the beginning of the, the discussion that your your employees um, and I understand that your employees are really uh, on the one hand, you know, your majority of your employees are really about uh, substance and technology and, and customer support and uh, you know primarily about, uh, you know, uh, some of the more um, business oriented things, so much as the technology oriented, but also that every one of your um, employees seems to be based on on sort of whatever it takes to make sure that everything works well. And I have to admit that, I mean, uh, the people from your company that I know personally are pretty amazing people, are just lovely people. Maybe you can talk a little bit about, you know, just the, the, the makeup of, of your uh, organization. Well, I mean, you hit the nail on the head right there when you said customer service. That is the predominant tenant throughout this company. It doesn't matter who you are, we are known in this industry by our customer service because that's the first thing that happens. I mean, if for, for us to maintain an industry or be in an industry with very big competitors like IBM, Broadcom, whoever they happen to be, the thing that people want is they want our customer service. We get questions about Broadcom products, about IBM products, because like I said earlier, right, we're the experts in this platform. So my guys, whether it's the customer support guy who answers the phone which is an interesting concept, even in its own part, from a customer service point of view, there's always a human on the end of the phone here. There's no such thing as a dial-in recording in this company. And that was one of the founders' thing. You To start the customer service and to, to be proactive, you talk to a human. And we've kept that up throughout this history. And the human that's on that phone, whether it's a customer service person or the, you know, the receptionist, whoever answers it, has enough knowledge to get you to the right person to answer your question. And we don't care what the question is. Now, granted, Vanguard has 30 products, and then we have to maintain those. But if you ask us a question about the platform, or you ask us a Microsoft question, or a Splunk question, or something that interacts with us, we don't care. It's it, it's better for the community to get the answer for what they're trying to do, and that's the kind of customer service it is. And that's why, like I said, everybody wears many, many different hats because they've learned so much over time. 
These guys know Splunk, they know Windows, they know IBM, they know ZOS, they know Unix, and they're there to help the community, regardless of the question, not just Vanguard, but whatever the question is, as long as it's hopefully something to do with the platform that we're working on, we try to keep it limited there, but we're here to help them if they're connecting to this platform, regardless of what the question is, let's get them out. And we're, we're, I, I really do proud the company, this company is very proud on what its reputation is in the industry is what you receive for customer service. Well, um, obviously you guys have done, you know, something totally unlike standing still in so many different ways, um, you know, that you've, you've continued to advance it. Uh, right now, I understand there's some, some new changes, some new things that you folks are doing that, uh, um, you know, in addition to the acquisition of EKC, a bunch of other stuff. So maybe you could talk about some of the current uh, initiatives that you're involved in. Sure. Uh, like you said, EKC we purchased last year, and EKC brought us an addition, additional tool sets that we needed. One of those tool sets really is the elevation of privileges on this platform, which was a needed add to our platform, and we're going to expand that. That is one of our initiatives. Uh, EKC did a very good job of putting that in the market for RACF and for ACF2. We're going to expand it to top seekers so it goes across the entire industry. Like you said, those being the predominant uh, external security managers, we want to expand that product line. We also have some other initiatives going on that we deal with. Uh, if you're familiar with the term SIEM, which is a integration of you know technology that allows you to dashboard a lot of different security events, we've now taken all of the security events from the ZOS platform as just the security ones, not all the events that happened, but all of the things like logons and violations and, you know, things that are pertinent to the security database and have those things as, as, as an event monitoring system now to go to Splunk. Okay. And we can send those to ArcSight or Splunk or LogRender, any kind of SIM, whatever happens to be out there. That's something we're working on. And we've also brought to the market this year another part of that, which is our compliance going to SIM, which is one, again, we didn't realize that the industry, as the SIM technology has grown and consumed more and more data, we're now going to take our audit data and push that out to, the, to those dashboards. And we built some dashboards that make it easier for executives to look at their enterprise and say, hey, how is my mainframe looking? Because they don't know what mainframes are. They care about what's my data. Is it being audited properly? Is it is it staying compliance with the, the with the standards that are out there? So we built dashboards now that that are up to the national standards of, or national institute of technology standards, and you can see a dashboard. Is this platform compliant with that technology? And it makes it easier for those. Okay. We've also brought out. Are, are you familiar with patch management in, this, in the industry today? Because that's the one thing we saw lacking. And we built it. Now we're coming out with a tool that actually helps with distributing software on this platform, too. Again, because of our clients, how do we get from non-production to production through the life cycle of that? And, and on this platform, it's hard because it's a very, very large platform, right? And it's global. And you might have 30 or 40 different integrated servers all talking and communicating with each other. How do you push a known good platform of software into the next system, to the next system, to the next system, so your whole enterprise is all up to date every day and proven and quality and all that by letting the system manage that for you. And that's another initiative we have on the market today. Yeah, that was actually, again, that was driven by a client. They had uh, an international client, I think in six or seven different countries, you know, big client and uh, one of the top 10 banks of the world. And they wanted to distribute their data, not their data, they wanted the updates to their information. 
and be able to manage that from a central location and know that all the LPARs were being updated like they should be. So we built a tool, it's called VAD, and what it does is it does aggregation delivery on an automated fashion to all the countries and they're all in the same place and everything is up to date and the executives are thrilled to death with it because now they know each LPAR in each country is, uh, has the updates that it should have. Yeah, so they have 36 different data centers they're keeping in sync by having a master center. Which is really pretty cool. And we're doing, so we're treating the mainframe in an automated fashion. You would do that in an open systems architecture easily. So we're treating the mainframe for that. That was driven by a client. Now we have that installed. Many, many large clients that are taking advantage of that. It's that whole push that, that we recognize in the industry today. You have to improve operational efficiency. You have a lot of people retiring out of it. How are you going to keep them educated? How are you going to have tools to help them? How are you going to make sure that they're getting the data where it should be in a reasonable length of time? All of those things accumulate to one problem. Are they meeting their audit requirements and the governance requirements across mm -hmm. their enterprise platform? So we're working continually to sol help solve those problems for a client. This is just one of them. Mm -hmm. And we consider governance is almost, you know, security actually is governance at the end of the day, right? They're really, there may be two different terms. You know, somebody says, well, we have governance responsibility and the security team says I have security responsibility. They're really the same thing. It's the security team trying to meet the governance responsibility. And our goal is to make, again, make that easier for them. this client that he's talking about said, hey, this is my problem. How do I make sure that every one of my 36 data centers is the exact same image and it's passed through my quality, it's done through my production system, it's gone through my pre-prod and everybody and their brother has signed off and said, this is good. And I, I can sleep at night knowing every system is, has been tested and proven before it goes live. And that's what it was designed for. That is compliance and security all rolled into an automated factory. That's the fun part of the business. When you can work with a client and come up with a solution that they're happy with. Those are the things that, you know, you go, wow, we actually built that. We built everything here in the United States. All of our developers work for Vanguard. They're not someplace else. They're right here. They're, yeah, we go through very, very rigid Background checks, we do a lot of work for the DOD and other organizations. We're very, very strict who works for us. Uh, we constantly check them. We run a tight ship and it shows up in our products because when you deliver something like this, there's not a lot of room for failure. No. <laughs> I mean, you can't fail. You can't be, oh, gee, I wonder if this is going to work. We have to deliver very solid code that operates efficiently and makes, makes their business easier. We have another example where a large client came to us and said, you know what, we're having trouble getting our surrogate class information. We have an audit finding. We can't seem to get our hand, handle, uh, hands around this. We worked very closely with them. We took a couple of our tools. We tuned them up, added some stuff that they needed. We built it for them. We had it operate very efficiently for them, and we solved their audit problem. This is a big client coming to us that had an opportunity to go to anywhere in the industry. And so we just have that particular skill set of understanding the code, how it works, how the ZOS environment works, and we have a deep bench in that space. Uh, and that really helps us solve customer problems, and it gives us an edge, candidly. You know, you said that, I think we're real big editors. Go ahead. I was just going to say, well, one thing you sort of hinted at that uh, is, is really a big issue uh, that sort of overlaps with all these is the, the uh, available workforce in the mainframe space. Now, obviously on the one hand, 
you obviously have vetted out and, and built a really solid company with, with a, a good uh, workforce, but you're dealing with customers whose workforces uh, on the mainframe have been reducing since time immemorial and yet whose requirements on the mainframe are increasing. And I'm going to guess that probably some of the solutions that you're offering are very much about addressing that issue uh, productively. Maybe if you can give sort of a sense of, of how you are strategically helping organizations deal with the, the uh, insufficiently large mainframe workforce, given uh, your skill set. I think we have two solutions that we bring to the table with the industry. One, like you said, is our tool set. Our tool set is designed, whether it's going to Splunk or going to an off-platform you know, collection of information to make it easier for them, because then they can cross-utilize other people. That's big for the companies, right? If I can have a guy, a compliance guy, who can look at a dashboard regardless of the platform that's under the covers, it makes it easier for the companies. We don't have to have that... We don't have to have that ZOS expert doing the audit. We can teach an audit guy with the right tool to do the right job, and that makes it easier for the business side of it. But in addition to that, over the years, Vanguard's training has been been really something else. So the last couple of years, especially, we brought in uh, college, you know, undergrads and grad students in, and we're bringing them in and training them as an opportunity for them. So I've done 20, 20 students over the last two years, and we're typically about 10 a year. We bring them into the organization, and hopefully we can backfill some of this industry knowledge as you're talking about with older folks that are, as we say, mm. you know, us, us, you know, silverback gorillas that are actually, you know, dying off right now, <laughs> retiring and moving on, guys. us young guys, yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we also feel there's an obligation in the community to train that next generation. So Vanguard's very committed as a training organization working with local colleges around the country and say, look, we'll take your, we'll take your CS, your CE engineers, whatever those are, bring them on staff, give them an internship for a year or two and teach them this thing. And then on top of that, they're bringing knowledge on all the newer technologies. And we're trying to blend in that newer technology with, with the tool sets that we already know. Hmm. Cool. Now, uh, one of the issues with the mainframe that, that is related to this workforce issue is the fact that the mainframe isn't going away, and a lot of organizations are just starting to realize that. Now, you know, some of my, my colleagues, uh, they're, they're prone to say the mainframe isn't going anywhere, and I always slap the wrist when they say that because, in fact, it is going somewhere. It's just going further up and further in, as it were. It's, it, it is really the one platform that's proven itself like no other platform could. And, and given that, you know, that the, the, the future of the mainframe is, is not only bright, but that there's a, a need to recognize that it's not going away. And so we need to be looking to the future. And, and part of that is looking at what are the uh, current and upcoming issues, challenges, and opportunities on the mainframe. And, and my sense is that you folks have done some very careful thinking about that and are deliberately taking actions to participate in building that future. Maybe if you can give us a, a sense of some of the things that you're doing. Sure. I, I One of the things you just hinted at, and I think a lot of people don't understand, the mainframe is the backbone of data. Data is what is what is important, okay? If you look, and it doesn't matter what industry you're in, but if you think about what you do every day as a person, you go to a bank, that's, that's going to be on some sort of mainframe. You're going to go to an ATM. It's going to be back-ended by the data that's on that. You do a financial transaction, I can guarantee you it hit a mainframe. There's, it's just zero chance that it didn't. If you're in a big retail environment, your point of sales may be a little PC that's there. It may be an, an arm machine or maybe some sort of little thing. But at the end of the day, you went to Home Depot or Walmart or Target or a bank or whatever, the data that actually ended up processing that transaction, probably 80% or greater chance that that's on a mainframe today. 
and people don't understand it. Because at the end of the day, it's a zero downtime platform. It's been running forever. It runs every day, constantly, over and over and over. You, you might have 100 boxes in front of it doing the pre-processing and making it an ATM machine, making your appointed sales machine and all that. So it's kind of really transparent. I don't see it going away. And I think it, it will grow as data gets smaller and smaller locations because the companies are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. They're buying up more banks. They're buying up more things. But this platform's not going away. The biggest thing this platform has to do is mature as the world sees it. When you think about things like multi-factor, the mainframe did lag behind that, and now it's capable of doing it because the industry said that was something we needed to catch up on. So Vanguard came to the market and built, the, like I said, the first uh, MFA solutions for that. But now they're available for everybody. Okay, We have got to stay up with, in, with this platform with what perceived is new. It's always been there, but it's the perception of it's different. Okay, and this box has been it's been doing transactional information for decades. We just have to make sure that people understand it's the backbone. It's not the flashy machine that you see at the counter. It's not the machine you drove up to and, you know, put your credit card into. No, it's the guy in the back end who answered the question. Can you have money? Can you get by this? Can you do something? That's what this platform does. And we got to make sure people understand that because from a business need, People are losing track of that because it never breaks. It's in the background and it doesn't get the funding that it's probably going to need over time. And that's going to hurt it. But we do need to make sure we keep it, pre you know, top of mind presence for the industries. Look, this is what where your real data is. This is the database in the background. This is the transaction processor in the background. It does the horse. It's the horse that does all the work. It's interesting, John, because our clients, they'll say, well, I'm going to go to the Z cloud. Mm -hmm. So they'll ask us to rework the paperwork they may have had previously, let's say for the last 20 years on-premise mm -hmm. Z. Now they're putting it up uh, maybe on two or three all-powers into the cloud or six or eight, whatever number that happens to be with some kind of an outsourcer. And so it's still operating in Z, still using the same tools, still has the same compliance and audit requirement. But now it's called the cloud. But now it's called the cloud. But it hasn't changed the business operation because when the, when the customer goes to use their credit card, they don't care if the computer's on premise. They don't care if the computer's in the cloud. All they care is they can take out their $200 and continue to do what they're going to do. And be guaranteed that it's secure. They didn't lose their information. They didn't lose their credit card name. They didn't lose, you know, and the companies care about their clients. The customer didn't lose their information. And that's what we bring to the table. Are we meeting the security needs to protect the data and the people, because at the end of the day, that's what matters. It's not the machine. It's the data and the people. Is it being protected properly? And are we doing that job? And that's what Vanguard stands for. Are we protecting that data? Well, this is really fascinating stuff. Now, it's, as uh, we take a look at, at the current uh, challenges and opportunities and, and the amazing technology, I like to say that the IBM Z16 is the greatest computer ever made, although some people pointed out to me that that's because the OS or the System 360 was, um, but you know, when you look at things like, <clears throat> excuse me, the um, uh, the the quantum resistance encryption, the uh, AI on the chip, and and you're just uh, all the technological advances that IBM is making to move our mainframe ecosystem forward. Any uh, you know sort of uh, additional thoughts just about how the technology is is really uh, something that you at, at Vanguard are, are interacting with. 
Sure. I, I like the one you brought up there with pervasive encryption, because that is a great example of a good thing for an industry. Here you have IBM and Broadcom, and they brought to the market the idea of all data should be encrypted. That's a phenomenal idea. It really is. But the, prob the problem with that is, is people don't understand how to use encryption. So we have to train those people. We have to make tools that are making making encryption on the fly, literally being transparent to the end user. And that's where Vanguard is, is stepping up to the plate. We're building tools that manage that pervasive encryption, manage that key, key stuff, the part that the human has to do, not that the machine has to do. IBM's brought out a great machine to do that, now we have to get the we have to have the tool set and the people trained to use that tool set, and that's the niche that we fit. Okay, and we really do. I agree with you. I think the Z16 is definitely one great machine, and it can do the things that are make make life easier and protected. Because if you don't want you don't want to share your data with somebody, you don't want to share your social security number, you don't want to share this stuff, and we have to today. You know, you signed up for you know Microsoft today using a Teams. Viewer, you got to give them your birthday. You got to you got to do something. You got to give them your data. Do you want to do that if it's not protected? Z in the background where it can protect that on the fly all the time. With once it's set up, it's great. Our job is to make sure that people know that's aware. We train people on it. We actually, actually, John, you mentioned that on the training part uh, with our security conferences coming up in September. We actually have a several tracks. Mm -hmm. uh, just devoted to encryption. We're having encryption specialists come in and we're going to have some utilities that we're going to offer to the industry to help what you're talking about with the hands on the keyboard, making sure it's uh, you implement it correctly. As you've talked about several times with clients that ask about this, you say you want to make sure you do your encryption correctly. Correct. The last thing you want to do is make a mistake with it. And you know, today we probably all talk about ransomware. If you think about it at the end of the day, Pervasive encryption that IBM brought out. If you goof it up, you just produce ransomware on yourself. So you got to make sure you do it right. <laughs> you don't want to be the guy who, who goes to his boss and says, whoops, whoops I, just, I just locked out everything. I encrypted everything and locked it out. We don't want to be that guy. I'm leaving. It's a different spelling of ransomware. It's like the guy with the key is just ransomware. Exactly. Yeah, you know. Yourself by accident. The systems guy gets angry at you and leaves town. Eraser <laughs> encryption is a really neat thing, but it is ransomware in a box if you don't do it right. <laughs> we we are bringing this up for the Vanguard Security Conference as a footnote, and we have a whole track on that with some excellent industry leaders in knowledge and some utilities that will help customers solve this particular problem and, and give management a little easier feel on that we're implementing it correctly. Well, uh, this has been a great conversation, um, but I, I really want to make sure that we haven't missed anything. Any additional closing thoughts from, from both of you just to, to help our, our listeners really appreciate, uh, first of all, who Vanguard is and what your role is, but also just the current and future role of, of uh, security in the mainframe and mainframe connected ecosystem. Yeah, this is built. I just think one of the things that's what happens to people, just general communications, you have a preconceived idea of what the other person wants to hear. And for Vanguard, we work really, really hard at trying to understand what they're trying to solve. We spend a lot of time, let's say we have a discovery call, John and I and Brian and some of the other team members are on a call with a client. 
We really listen, take very, very good notes. We try to understand what they want. Then we have a like a, a meeting afterwards and we say, do we really understand what they want and start really driving through a requirements document, what they're trying to solve. And so we have a place in our culture to understand what the customer wants. At the end of the day, they're the people that are servicing their customers. The better we do to help them do that, the better we are in doing our job. We work closely with industry leaders in the security space, the compliance space, the audit place. And we try to take our solutions we've already built over the years and fine tune these in such a way that they meet the new requirements of today. I mean, you have all kinds of new requirements being thrown at us, like GDPR, we got the Stigs at us, you got IRS 1075, you got the NYC 23. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Well, how do we fine tune our tools to help the players in the industry, the states, and the government meet their requirements? And it's basically a hands-on approach. Everybody in the company, we open the hood, and we can put our hands on the engine and make it work. And uh, I think that's really the culture and the difference. And John has brought this forward. Look, we have a CEO of the company that's an encryptologist. I mean, he grew up in this industry. He's worked in every department, PS, development, client care, quality assurance. He works with us on discovery calls. We're doing marketing work. He's a speaker. That's who we have as a leader. We didn't go out and just grab somebody from another company and say, you did really get over here and this other organization, we're going to make you the CEO of Vanguard. We actually grow our people within so we understand what the client needs. It's just a different way of doing business. And, and the founder, to talk about Ron for a second, instilled that in the entire management team. Okay, The management team at Vanguard has been here 20 years. Okay. We've been around the block together. We've worked together. We've grown together. We've done that. When Ron decided, what, five years ago? Five to, years ago, yeah. Step, step back. The management team said, hey, we got this. We're going to work on this. Everybody on this team does everything. We only have one approach, and it started with Ron in 1986. Build from the knowledge that you have and use that knowledge to tell the help the industry do something. And that's still what we do today. We're not going to change from that model. Everybody in here is a subject matter expert of something. And to, together, we can all work together and be a subject matter on a platform. And that's a good thing. And the big part of that is to listen to what the community needs, listen to what the leaders are asking for, and develop what they need. Not what we need. Develop what they need to solve their problems. And as long as we can do that, Vanguard will continue into the future. And that's our goal. Hmm. And that's the fun well, part. <laughs> yeah, um, this has been a wonderful conversation. Great chance to get to know uh, you folks and your company better. Um, any last thoughts just before we kind of tie up? No, we appreciate your time today. And, you know, for, if anybody is looking for any more information on Vanguard, don't forget, we've got a website out there, www.gotovanguard.com. Yep. And uh, if you need anybody in the industry who's looking for expertise in ZOS, or anything that connects to ZOS, give us a yell. We're here for you. And if you, if you have some time in September to go to a security conference that's designed for security by security professionals from IBM, Broadcom, KRI, and the other organizations, you should sign up and go. It's a great time. Awesome. Well, thank you both very much.
So I'll be back with another podcast next month. But in the meantime, check out the other content on Tech Channel. You can also subscribe to their weekly newsletters, webinars, ebooks, solutions directory, and more on the subscription page. I'm Reg Harbeck.